In my backyard, there is a rose bush. Now, this rose bush has been there since Mary Lou and I owned the house. It was planted actually by the previous owner. But every year, that bush has come off looking strong and healthy, but it has never, ever had a rose on it, at least for several years. Uh, not this past fall, but the uh, fall before, I decided I'd had enough of this roseless rose bush. Uh, without roses, it's just thorns, quite frankly. And so I decided I was going to put an end to it. So I dug down and, and I cut that thing down underneath the ground. I thought, I have killed this thing and I don't have to worry about it again. Last spring, all of a sudden, shoots from this rose bush come out of the ground and lo and behold, I got roses finally. So there's a lesson there and I think it falls into where we are. We're in uh, John chapter 15 and, and as you get there in your devices or your Bibles, uh, remember what we're looking at together is this is a, uh, a conversation that Jesus had with his followers, with his disciples, uh, just prior to going to the cross. And then, and then actually, he'll spend a little time with them, but then he goes back to be with the Father. And so he's preparing them for that. In fact, we uh, talked about uh, in the beginning, actually John chapter 14, where he starts his conversation. He tells them that the, the part of the reason for what he is talking, going to talk to them about is that they would know that although he's going to be gone, uh, he's still for them. And in fact, he's going to go and prepare a place for them. And then we jumped last week to the end uh, where he talks about the fact that one of the reasons he's had this whole conversation with them is to let them know that this world can be tough. It's, it's full of trouble. You, you, and in fact, he doesn't say there's some trouble around. He says, you're going to have trouble if you're a follower of Christ. But he says, take heart, I've overcome the world. So, so he's trying to prepare them for the fact that he is going to not be with them for a while and, uh, and, and get him, let them know that although he's not presently with them, he's still with them and for them and watching over them. And so we started digging into this con conversation in, in John chapter 15, verse, <coughs> excuse me, verse 1, uh, where we read, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. And so we talked through that uh, and talked through, uh, uh, first of all, that he says, points to the fact that I'm the true vine. Uh, I, am the, I am what you need in your life. In fact, it's interesting, this kind of feels a little bit like the conversation we saw back when we were leading up to, e to Easter, uh, where he, he talks and he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And there he was talking about salvation. He was saying, if you want to have a relationship with the Father, which is the way that verse ends, remember, no one comes to the Father but by me. If you want to have a relationship with the Father, if you want it restored, if you want to have your sins forgiven, if you want to receive the gift of eternal life that comes with the gift of forgiveness of sins, the only way for that to be accomplished is through, he said, through me, through Jesus Christ. And so you need to accept me as your Savior, as the one who has redeemed you from the consequences of your sins so that you can know that you're in relationship with God. So there he is talking about salvation. But here, that's not what he's talking about. Here he's talking about spiritual health. And he's saying, if you want to be spiritually healthy, if you want to know, if you want to see, uh, have that sense in your life that, uh, that 
things are going well as far as you and your relationship with God. If you want to see, uh, see me working in a, in a powerful way, if you want to know, have a sense of a closeness of the relationship, he's saying that I am the way to do that. I'm the vine. You gotta, I'm the one that you want to connect to, talking about himself and Jesus. And then this is what we looked at last week. He went on and said, and, and in, included in that is, he says, that the Father, the Heavenly Father is very invested and he said, the father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Remember, we talked about that. That's not talking about cutting a branch off and taking it away and throwing it away. What it's actually talking about is sometimes life uh, overwhelms us. Life and maybe our decisions that we're making in life put us in a position where we're, we're suddenly consumed by the weeds of life. We're, we're not experiencing joy in our life. We're not seeing any fruit from our life, as long, especially, in, especially in the area of uh, our relationship with God. And, and the gardener comes through and he'll, he cuts away the weeds and lifts us up in the sun so that we can feel the warmth of the Father again. And, and these branches aren't, were not bearing any fruit. They were, they were so suffocated by the things of life. And he says, I, so I'm coming in there and I'm going to cut those weeds away if you'll let me so that I can get you up in the sunlight and you can begin to bear fruit. And then we went on and uh, actually we're going on tonight, t this morning, where we get into, then he goes on and says, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. That's where we left off last week. So here's branches that are bearing fruit. Uh, maybe for many, as you look at them, they look healthy, and they are. I mean, things are happening. They're seeing God do things through them. But he says, even in that situation, the Heavenly Father is always doing some pruning, uh, helping us uh, work on getting stronger and producing even better fruit. Uh, not too far into my ministry, uh, I was still a fairly young pastor, that went really quick, but uh, I was. And Mary and I, we were in a ministry. God was blessing that ministry. People were coming to Christ. The, the church was growing. And as the church was growing, I was busy, busy, busy serving the kingdom. But in the process, I was neglecting the young mother and the four active children that I had made a vow before God that I would devote myself to loving and caring for. I, I was so busy doing good things. I mean, they were good things. Uh, but I was so busy doing those good things that I didn't even notice that uh, my wife was wearing out, uh, shrinking on the vine. Till one day I went into my office and I found a letter lying on my desk. Now, she had been trying to get my attention for weeks, saying, we need to talk, we need to, and, and I kept saying, yeah, we will, we will, I'll, you know, I'll make sure it happens, and it never did. I had just had too many good things going on that I was involved in and I was busy with, and I just never got around to having the conversation. I intended to, and, but it just never happened uh, because I was so busy doing those good things, in my mind, serving the kingdom. So she had to resort to writing me a letter since the conversation wasn't happening. A letter I needed. A letter that God used to do some pruning in my life. I loved God. I was 
serving him, I was doing a lot of good things, but I was neglecting what was supposed to be my first commitment. What I had vowed before God would be my first commitment, my commitment to always keep at the forefront of my ministry my marriage and my family, and somehow with all the other stuff, that had kind of got pushed to the side. So God needed to do some pruning in my life if I was going to continue to bear good fruit. It, I think it's a battle. Every, every believer that has even an ounce of passion towards God, it's a battle that we face because we see the needs and, and we want to serve God. And, and so we can, we can see all these good things that need to happen and, 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 they're, and they're pointing people towards God. And so we, we get so involved and, and we start you know, doing this and doing that. And, and before we re- realize it, we're doing all these things, but in the process, we're neglecting even our relationship with the God we say we're serving. Uh, Nina gave, gave me a great illustration this week. She's something she said she'd heard years ago, but it's kind of like when you go into a restaurant and, and you open the menu, and it's very possible that there are lots of things on that menu that look really good to you. In fact, it to be honest, you might really like everything on the menu. Uh, but if you order it all, you're going to be a very sick and healthy puppy. You're going to be very sorry. And I think that's what happens. We see all these good things that, that need to be done, and, and, and we can get involved, and, and they make us feel good because we're, we're helping people out and we're doing these things, and yet in the process we fill our life with all these good things so full that the Father can't even get time with us. And very possibly, what he would like to do is prune away some of those good things because he has something great that he wants you to be involved in, something that he knows not only will use you to bless in a tremendous way other people's lives, but but bless your life as ready. You know, in the ministry, uh, this is a a play sometimes. I know, because I grew up in a pastor's home, I know that so many pastor's kids that have grown up and walked away from God. And more often than not, it's because their father was doing a lot of good stuff out there for a lot of people, but missing one of the best things that a man can ever experience, and that is investing in the lives of his children and his marriage so that they grow up loving God and wanting to serve God. So let me ask this. Is, is God doing some pruning in your life? Have you started to recognize that man, I'm just involved in too many things? Good things, but too many. And I keep missing these special occasions that I shouldn't miss, that I should have been at. Uh, uh, my schedule is so full. I see some really great things that I've always said I wanted to be a part of, but I just got too much going on now to even consider doing that. Uh, maybe that tension you're feeling is God's pruning shears going to work, trying to help you realize that some, some of the things you've committed to, although they're not bad things, but they're robbing you of the time to do what really matters most to God and probably what matters most to you as well. Frankly, it's just the other stuff has taken over everything. And God's pruning, when he prunes us, 
It, it really doesn't like us, make us less effective. You look at that. It makes us more effective. It, we have better fruit, more fruit. Well, let's move on. goes on and says, You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I will remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Now, first of all, I want to clarify some things. Uh, the issue here is not where they stand in regard to their relationship with God, if they're a, a follower of Christ or not, if they're saved or not. They are. In fact, that's what he's saying. You're already clean. That, that part's taken care of. That's not what we're talking about here. We're not talking about whether you accepted that gift of forgiveness. He says, I know you have. He's talking to the disciples. I know that you've you're committed to following God. I know you're in a relationship with God. So this is not an issue of being clean, but he says uh, the issue is that of, of remaining in me so that I can remain in you. And again, you might say, well, wait a minute. Is that saying that uh, I can actually pull myself, break the relationship? No, that's not what's going on here. Uh, you remember back in John 3 where uh, John, Nic- John talks about the night the Pharisee Nicodemus came to see Jesus and they have this conversation, and, and he tells Nicodemus that uh, the way that a man gets in a relationship with God is by accepting, by being born again, that the Son of God came to die for the sins of the world, and that everyone who believes in him uh, has eternal life. Uh, and, and, and so they, they know, well, what he's saying here is, is, yes, you've already done that. You're already clean. You've accepted that gift. But remain in me, and I will remain in you, uh, is very important. In fact, a lot of translations translate that, abide in me. Uh, We're talking here not about the uh, beginning of a relationship with Christ, and I hope everyone in this room has accepted that forgiveness God's offering. If you have, it's a gift you didn't work for, but if you have, you are his child. He loves you, and uh, you're part of his family. He adopted in your family. But now we're talking about Staying close, staying connected to God, staying in fellowship with God. In a lot of translations, like I said, it, it is translated abide in me. Uh, years ago, I, uh, I worked for a period of time right after I had graduated from high school on a uh, uh, construction crew. <coughs> we worked on roads and the underground pipes uh, in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, at that particular time, early 70s, uh, the racial tensions, especially with the blacks and the whites, were, were still pretty fired up, and, and especially down south, and Atlanta, Georgia was a hub of, of those racial tensions, and, and that was where I was working. Uh, one of the guys on the crew that, that uh, I worked on uh, was a, a, a good, great big black guy. His, name, his nickname was Preacher. Preacher was 6'4", six, 6'5", six, just <clears throat> all muscle too. Just a great big guy. Preacher and I hit it off, maybe for obvious reasons, uh, but, but uh, we, we, we just really enjoyed each other's company. And one day we came in to work and uh, the supervisor on the job uh, called Preacher and I over and he says, hey, I want you two guys to walk several blocks away. And we were working in the black section of Atlanta, Georgia at the time. So I want you to walk several blocks. He says, there's a manhole <clears throat> that I want you to walk down and I need you to check that manhole out. I don't remember what we're checking for, but we're going to check the manhole out. So we, we head out, and we're walking down these streets, and I'm walking by these houses, and they are, they are having an ongoing conversation with me as I walk down the houses, saying all kinds of things to me. 
none of which include welcome to the community. Uh, and I can't repeat what they were saying. Uh, several of them, uh, several of the comments had to do with what they were going to do with me if they got the chance. And uh, it wasn't a good thing. No one was inviting me to dinner. I don't get that, but no one did. And so we're walking down the street, and I'm getting all these calls from these porches, which are only a few feet off the sidewalks, mind you. And uh, I'm getting a little bit nervous at uh, just the conversation and the threats. And, and I don't know, a preacher must have noticed, because uh, as we're walking along, there came at one point where he put his big hand, and he had a big hand, he put his big hand on my shoulder, and he said to me, just stay close to me, and you'll be fine. Well, I had no intention of not staying close to him anyway, but he didn't have to say that. But that's what Jesus is saying here. He's saying, just stay close to me, and you'll be fine. In fact, not only will you be fine, you'll flourish. Uh, you'll have a fruit. You'll see things happen through you that you couldn't do on your own, that are going to be so encouraging to you. But, but Jesus says, but I want to make sure you understand, as he goes on to verse 5, I am the vine, and you are the branches. If a man remains in me, stays close to me, abides in me, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. But get this, apart from me, you can do nothing. And you might say, well, no, I, I've... I, I could do some stuff. Yeah, you could. We're talking bigger than this, you know, few accomplishments you might have in this world. We're talking about things that matter in eternity. And he's saying when it comes to that issue, you need me if you're going to see that kind of fruit in your life. In fact, the word that's translated nothing here, it's, worth it, it's worse than just not accomplishing something. It's a negative. He's actually saying if you don't stay tight with me, you're actually going to find, not only will you not produce any fruit that really lasts, you're, lasts, you're going to find yourself actually moving backwards in your spiritual journey, in your spiritual health. Sometimes we wonder why we just don't see anything happening in our life, at least not anything that really seems to matter when it comes to our relationship with God or you know, sometimes it feels like we're stuck, or, or even worse, sliding backwards, and, and we wonder, what's going on? Usually, the answer is pretty simple. Somewhere back there on life's road, the car got too full of other stuff, and we put Jesus on the side of the road and kept going. And we still, still think we're making progress, because we're still heading down the road, and, and we're still doing these things, but in reality... We left him back there. He still loves us. He's, we're still part of God's family, but, but there's a distance, and we sense that there's a distance. We know something's not right, and we're wondering why things are getting so bumpy in life and why we keep breaking down, why we don't seem to be accomplishing anything. But you know the worst of it? And here, here's the, the hardest thing and the hardest truth, and Jesus needed to have this conversation with disciples because he said, if anyone does not remain in me, he's like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If we let ourselves drift far enough away from that close relationship with Jesus, eventually, and don't miss this word, eventually we look just like 
the branches that are, will be thrown away and put into the fire. You aren't those branches. You're still connected to the vine because you don't change that. That'll never go away. But the reality is that you look no different than those branches that are dead, laying out on the side, were never a part of the vine, that eventually they're going to be picked up and thrown in the fire. He says, the world will look at you, you'll look at your own life, and there really is no difference. You are consumed by the same things that everyone else, the people that don't know God, they're consumed by, and you're having the same struggles, you're having the same problems. You're finding yourself making the same decisions, harmful decisions that those branches that are destined to be burned are making, and there's no fruit, there's no evidence. You're trying to run on your own steam, but you're running out of steam. And here's what God's saying, that's not what I want for you in your life. I have so much more in mind. I want to bless you in ways that you, you can't really even understand. You can't even really fathom. So if you're wondering why life's road has gotten so bumpy, wondering why things are so messy right now, wondering why relationships don't seem to be going very well, wondering why fellowship with, fellowshipping with other believers, singing songs to God, just really don't seem to do much for you. Maybe you're still doing it because you know you should, but there's just nothing's happening there. Instead of being encouraged by those times, you kind of feel guilty. Or worse yet, a bit agitated. Maybe you're wondering why it seems that God's not there for you. He is. He hasn't moved. But somewhere back off the road, you set him on the side. And he's saying, come close. Allow me back in the picture connect so that I can bless you so that I can produce fruit for you, through you the only thing that's keeping that from happening to you is where you are in your relationship with God it's time to cozy back up so you can see his pleasure and his precious love in your life because that's the desire of his heart Stay close, he says, and you'll be fine. Let's pray. Father, thanks for your word. Thanks for this reminder. We are easily distracted from you. And honestly, sometimes the things that distract us, they're all good things. <clears throat> in fact, they, they may be, we may be involved in them, doing them, because we're, we're wanting to serve the kingdom. We want to serve you. <clears throat> but we haven't realized that we've gotten our lives in, involved in so many things that instead of drawing our own hearts towards you and others towards you, it's actually distanced us from you. We've, we are so busy <coughs> that we're too busy for you. It's a dangerous place to get, Lord. Your, your word to us is stay close and you'll be fine. So Lord, if there's some habits that we've given up in our life, at times talking to you, times uh, reading your love letter so we can grow closer to you and understand your heart for us, uh, times fellowshipping with other believers, things that, that remind us of how much you love us and your heart for us. If, 
if, we're ne if we've neglected some of those things, or if we've just allowed our lives to get so consumed with so many things that we just don't have time for even the things that we have always said are most important things we want to be a part of, then Lord, we're, we're inviting you to get the pruning shears out and do some pruning because we want the fruit you're talking about in our lives. We pray these things in your son's name. Amen. Well, church, would you stand with me as we close? And I'm going to ask our prayer team to come up. And as we're singing this song, if you need prayer over anything, direction in your life, anything that's going on, they'll be up here and, and ready and willing and, and glad to play, pray with you. And then after the service, they'll be glad to pray with you as well. But let's sing this out together. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name, and sing like never before, oh my soul, I'll worship your holy name. Let's sing that one more time as we close. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship his holy name and sing like Have a great week. Thanks for worshiping with us. We'll see you next time.